Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18 months. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, I'm going to start us off with a high five today. I don't know if this is really a valid high five. I feel like all of mine could go either way. But, so keeping with that trend... Um, last night Cohen had, I know last week I had a basketball high five. There's a true high five, but this week I have a semi high five basketball high five. And that is that last night Cohen had basketball and they, so it's daylight savings time here in Utah. So it's, my kids are just like waking up early. They're tired. You know, it's like getting dark earlier. I can just tell they're just like (laughs) kind of in a little bit of like, I mean, and So we go to basketball, it was at 7, and it's like pitch black by 7. And we're going to leave, and Cohen's just like, no, it's bedtime. Like, I could tell he was so tired and really not into it. And we get to the game, and every single kid on their team was like that. (laughs) Like, they're just, like, looking around at the Because it is their bedtime, really. It's their bedtime, yeah. And they're just, like, all just, like, really out of it. And the other team, though wasn't as much feeling like that and so they're just like running past our team and our team's just like slow motion like watching them run past (laughs) and I'm very competitive so I'm like I'm feeling this I'm like just get them like I'm like follow them run do something like they're not doing anything they're seriously all just like it looks like turtles out there just like looking around and but so my high five is that I didn't say I felt like saying you deserve to lose. <laughs> Not really. But that feeling of like, you didn't even try. Like, that's how I felt. Like, at least if you're going to go run, at least be there, be present, at least try. But I didn't. I just kept my mouth shut and let him be tired and just have a wallowing, what's daylight savings time yes. night at basketball. I didn't say anything. So I'm giving myself oh. the high five because I wanted to say, you didn't even try. Next time you need to try. <laughs> but I didn't. I held it in. Wake That's up. That's my high five. <laughs> I love it. Well, well done, Felicia. That's very difficult to hold it in sometimes. My daughter has asked, honestly, probably 10 times in the past two days, why do we do daylight savings again? And I'm like, I, in college, well, I, had way to, of knowing. <laughs> I had to write a seven-page paper on daylight savings time, just on daylight savings time. And I still can't tell you a good reason. I mean, I know the reasons, but I don't think they're good enough. No, it's really <laughs> anyway. not that good. I don't think you should do it. Anyway, I I love daylight savings for me because it makes me, like, wake up easier in the morning. Yes. But... It's lighter. With kids, it's a little weird. So. Yeah. Anyway, I still would just prefer not. Okay, well, my face palm is... I, I don't know if I talk too much about sleep, guys, but it's my life right now. Uh-huh. So, you know what? We're just, we're just going for it. Last night, as I was snuggling into bed which you guys know Tuesday nights we record Wednesday mornings at 5 30 Tuesday nights are my one like late night of the week because I go to a class late anyway so I'm already going to bed thinking huh, you know 
little little shorter than I'd like on time because I'm a big fan of getting a good amount of sleep. And my three-year-old came to snuggle in bed with us as I'm falling asleep. So this is pretty early. And he says, as he's laying there, he's like wiggling and wiggling. And he's like, mommy, I need a bucket. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? You're going to throw, like, you need it. Like, I'm thinking in my mind, like, what kind of a bucket are we talking about? Why are we talking about buckets? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, wait, are you going to throw up? And he's like, yeah. So I do, like, the full-blown, like, ninja, like, grab him and, like, (laughs) leap across the room, running to the bathroom. And he's like, no, I want a bucket. Anyway, so then my husband's awake. Poor guy. He'd already been asleep. (laughs) He brings up a bucket. Then we lay in bed. And, guys, I am talking – I don't know if you've ever slept with somebody who you think is about to throw up, but – it is terrifying. <laughs> like, I laid towels down on my bed, but I was also so tired. I was like, I don't want to actually, like, lay in the bathroom because I'm so tired. I actually want to sleep. So I slept with him in my <laughs> arms with a bucket in my hand. <laughs> and then, like, every time he'd, like, sit up, he never threw up. But every time he'd, like, sit up or wiggle, I'd, like, grab the bucket, grab him, sit him up. <laughs> we'd sit there for, like, five minutes and we'd just lay back down and fall back oh asleep. Oh, my God. And also, as you can imagine, as I'm sleeping, I didn't hold on to the bucket in my sleep. So there's a couple times where the bucket would fall off the bed. And then he'd start wiggling and I'd think, oh, he can throw up. So I'd like, again, ninja jump. There's something about the idea of throw up <laughs> that makes me act like a crazy cat person. But I'd like leap out of bed. I'm like trying to leap over him oh without gosh. waking up my husband, <laughs> grab the, you know, you're so you're moving fast. So I felt like... Literally, I don't know, every 15 minutes throughout the night, I was like, every movement, I was like, on alert, like, is the throw up coming? And again, it never did. But I so don't then feel like... did you take him back to his bed? No, I left him with my husband this morning. <laughs> no. So yeah, no, I, I don't know what's happened since I've left. But that's my face palm is I don't think I really slept. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because like that hypervigilant, just like ninja. You're just like, if that like surface sleep is the worst. I, yeah, I'd almost he, rather not sometimes. Yeah, he's a wiggler anyways. But if you're worried about throw up, then every wiggle becomes... Get the bucket. Is it coming? Is it, it coming? If you get barfed on. Ugh. Yeah, winter's coming. Night. Yikes. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, all is well, though. Oh, I'm really, sorry. I'm very pleased overall <laughs> that there was no throw up. And I did get some sleep. But wow, there's just like a lot of running and jumping on my part throughout <laughs> all the night. Was he awake when he would sit up with the bucket? Uh, like, he only did that at first, and yeah, he was awake. Because mm. I'd say, like, are you going to throw up? And he's like, yeah, I feel like it. But then he didn't. So, And then after that, no, he wasn't awake on any of the wiggles. <laughs> I was only awake. Because he does these things, of like, course. he puts his hand on my face and oh, pushes yeah. on it. So every time he'd do those weird <laughs> things, I'd be, like, <laughs> listening, like, feeling his heartbeat. Because, you know, your heartbeat, like, goes up before you throw up. Like, <laughs> is he going to do it? Anyway, my heartbeat's going up. So there you go. Seriously, Props and gold stars to anyone who co-sleeps successfully, like likes to co-sleep because my five-year-old, I'm like, how old is he? Yeah, Cohen, he came into our bed the other night and I'm like, oh, so cute. He's like snuggly. Seriously, the first a minute and a half, he like elbows me right in the face. I'm like, you're gone. You're back in your bed. (laughs) You can't. You can't. But I have lots of friends who love it. I love nursing newborns in my bed because I yes. can sleep at Tiny the same babies. time. Yes, that don't move. That's a different situation. <laughs> yeah, they're like all cocooned, yeah. just used to being in my belly anyways. Yep. No, I'm with you. Okay, so today, guys, we kind of are doing a little shift here on what we're going to talk about. So we were going to talk about growth, mindset, um, the book by Carol Dweck. 
uh, because we love it. And then we realized, wow, we really love it. And we've talked about (laughs) ideas from this book in a lot of our episodes, specifically targeted towards kids. So we have an episode on praise, um, an episode on grit, and I think those are the two that we probably talk about the most. Also, we talked about it in our education one just a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago. Yes. The idea of having it be a process and learning. I mean, we have literally, like, as we were talking about our stuff, I was like, oh, well, we really covered that quite well (laughs) in that one. (laughs) So we decided that instead of going into um, parenting for growth mindset, which we'll mention a titch, we're going to talk about um, our own growth mindset and our own um, self-worth and achievement today. Because we've decided that, I mean, we've talked about this concept, but I really do believe that it's a truth that anything we model, modeling is the most powerful way to teach. And so I'm actually really excited about this discussion because my hope is that you guys all, after listening to this, leave feeling a lot more empowered in your own life. Because the whole concept of growth mindset is that things are not fixed. You aren't stuck where you are. And I think sometimes as adults, we feel like, well, I've already chosen what I'm going to be doing for my career and I've already done this and I've already done this. So therefore I'm kind of stuck. In fact, you even hear science, science stuff about how our brain brain becomes less plastic as we get older, meaning it's uh, less resilient, Mm -hmm. but also in those scientific things, because I also brushed up on my research on that before coming into this neuroplasticity is also a malleable thing. Mm -hmm. So the more you exercise your resilience and focus on actually learning new things, guess what? Your brain adapts Mm -hmm. and your neuroplasticity or ability to change specifically in your prefrontal cortex, which is like the most advanced part of our brain with logical thinking and stuff, is so changeable. Isn't that so Mm -hmm. cool? Mm -hmm. So just as a review, just to kind of review what the concept of growth mindset versus fixed mindset, which again, I know if you've been listening to us, you already know the general concept, but Fixed mindset is results-oriented, and oftentimes if you have a fixed mindset, you're not willing to try things that you know you might fail at. Mm -hmm. And so you do end up getting stuck in certain areas. Growth mindset, which they've now proven through tons of research through all the great universities, uh, Carol Dweck is from Stanford, that people with growth mindsets, meaning I can do hard things, and even if something is a challenge, that's okay. I can I can change it. I can learn. Those people actually end up with a lot more both happiness and success mm-hmm. later. That that's what we're going for. And again, this really applies when you're looking at education. But specifically, one question that I love that she has us ask, and I so I want you all to ask yourself right now, just to tell if you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And there actually is no all or nothing here either. Right. She's really specific about. You might have a fixed mindset about one thing in your life and a growth mindset about something else. So the goal of this conversation is just to increase your awareness of growth mindset and maybe have growth mindset about more things in your life. Mm -hmm. But the question that she asks is, do you think that intelligence is malleable, meaning it can be changed? And what's your answer to that? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are like, you're either born really smart or you're Mm -hmm. not, but it is, can actually change. In fact, they've shown with teenagers that when they're taught the concept of growth mindset before a semester, that their ability to learn really hard things goes up. Just knowing that you can change goes up. She also has studies, guys, of IQ. 
IQ mm-hmm. changing. Mm-hmm. So literally, intelligence is malleable. And in, if intelligence, which we I grew up thinking was kind of a fixed thing, if that's malleable, there's Anything a lot else. of more stuff mm-hmm. that's on the table, which I think is so, so cool. So that's one question you can ask yourself just to kind of get a feel for it. Do you feel kind of like you're stuck where you are with intelligence or do you think you can move it? And that'll kind of tell you where you're on the spectrum in that area. Mm-hmm. And she, I don't know if you listened to, she was on a podcast where she talks about, and I can't remember his name, but the um, the person who developed the IQ test actually had a growth, like he believed in growth mindset and he was actually really frustrated with where his, how his test was used. Ooh. So anyways, it, it was really cool. That's a whole nother thing, but yeah. So when it comes to growth mindset, um, there's really cool, Carol talks about a study where like how we talk to our kids from ages one to three, um, shows where their mindset will be later. I think it was around age seven, mm-hmm. but later in their life. So Carolyn and I were just pondering how cool if you are modeling this growth mindset, um, and, doing new challenges and embracing your failures Um, because everything we talk about with parenting like the first step is modeling how much it'll rub off on your kids because if if you're never trying anything new or practicing something over and over again but then you're harping that to them Mm -hmm. you can come across as hypocritical so I love this and I really I want to focus on it myself Um, so the first step to cultivating a growth mindset is acknowledging and legitimizing the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. So I th- um, there's a lot of false growth mindset in people's thinking. So we all know that having a growth mindset is good. We want to have a growth mindset. So a lot of times we think we do. And when I heard this, I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I want that. So I think I say, yeah, I have a growth mindset. But then when I was really thinking about specific examples, there are a lot of areas where I was like, oh, actually, I'm really fixed in that area. Mm-hmm. Like I don't yeah. I don't feel like I am trying to be better in that area. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first step is becoming aware of it. Become aware of where you are getting stuck. And I love this tip is even to name your fixed mindset. So maybe mm-hmm. you're in a situation where um, someone's bringing up a, a topic with you and you can't get out of your side of the argument. I feel like that's a place where I get stuck in as an, as an adult. Mm-hmm. We are stuck in our ideas mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And so when I was listening to this, the people had hilarious names for their fixed mindset and Earl came to mind mm-hmm. for mine. So I'm going to name my fixed mindset Earl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we both decided to name ours and see if it helps us identify. <laughs> yeah. My name for my fixed mindset that I've decided is Ivan. <laughs> It just feels right. Oh, sorry. Not Ivan. Ivar. Ivar. Yeah, sorry. Ivar. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Ivar is the name that came to my mind. And it just sounds, it just feels right. But um, the thing I like about this concept of naming, and if you don't like the idea of naming it, don't name it. But I love it because one of actually, one of my mentors, her name's Jodi Hill. She names her ego and she named it Taz, which I actually think is a great Mm -hmm. name for an ego. Mm -hmm. But I, the concept here is, Going back to our key principles, guys, which is awareness, presence, and approaching it with curiosity. If you can approach your fixed mindset and identify it like, oh, wow, there's Ivar again. Mm -hmm. You are 
taking that one step, we've talked about this too, that sacred space, you're taking yourself back just one step from that fixed mindset and being curious about it and observing mm-hmm. it. And just by that separation, you're allowed to have power over it. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's so cool to me. Mm-hmm. So just identifying and being aware, totally, like everything that we have ever talked about, is where cool things start to really happen. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I'm going to start identifying Ivar when I see him. Yes, yes. Good old Earl. Why do we all, both have boys for our fixed mindset? I know, I was That's... thinking that. And also the Taz thing, which I think is male. <laughs> Well, I'll have to think of a name for my ego and see. I'll have to like yeah, see, see what, what comes, comes to up. me for that. Maybe it'll be. Yeah, if you, you guys know. have any good ones, send them to us. Yeah, want to hear share them. Share with us your names. You come up with your fixed mindset. So <clears throat> that, so you might wonder, like, why do we care if we have a fixed mindset? And we talked about a couple things, but there, in Carol's research, she shows an overemphasis um, on people with fixed mindset having heightened anxiety. Um, which makes sense. And then, so how you get there is you're overemphasizing your achievement. So when you're basing all of your efforts on whether or not you're the very best at it, you can see how that results in being anxious all the time because mm-hmm. yeah, we're not learning and not progressing. And for those of, us who, those of you out there who are around our age, which is the millennial generation, uh, most of us, and Carol talks about this, we were raised in, she calls it the false self-esteem movement (laughs) it was in the 90s so if you were a kid in the 90s or if you're an adult in the 90s this probably still applies to you because you were probably very affected by this movement Mm -hmm. and that is the idea of focus 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 on just self-esteem meaning tell people all the time that they're so great Mm -hmm. you know if you tell them enough maybe they will internalize it Mm -hmm. and we do know that self-worth is very important Definitely. So just to be clear, I'm a fan of self-worth. Yes. However, the false, what she calls the false self-esteem movement is by overheaping praise, everything you do is so great and you're so special and you're so this and you're so that, that what happens is that you end up not wanting to do things that would affect that image. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, my parents think I'm the most fantastic thing ever. And my teachers are always telling me that. And in that self-esteem assembly I just went to, they also told me that I'm so special but if I tried this, uh, that's really hard I for fail. me. What if I fail? Mm-hmm. And then I'm not that anymore. I've lost that image, mm-hmm. which is ego-based, which is ironic because I think that was the opposite desire of the self-esteem movement, but it just went awry. Mm-hmm. So, and also, and I remember, I actually remember feeling this in like junior high when people would tell me, oh, that, I think that comes so easily to you. That's yes. why, mm-hmm. you know, like you are so smart. That came obviously really easy to you. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a little bit of fear of, so if it's not easy for me, does that mean I'm not smart anymore? Yes. Yeah. And so the idea here is we think we're helping, but we're really not. So if we focus on effort instead of results mm-hmm. and just this, you're just this natural born, you know, prodigy, prodigy. <laughs> then you're actually, you're actually enabling people to just live who they truly are Mm -hmm. and in the end be a lot healthier and there is less anxiety all sorts of those kinds of things so just Mm -hmm. be aware of pretty much every adult probably within the sound of my voice has been really affected by the false self-esteem movement Mm -hmm. so we probably all have a little bit of fixed mindset built into us Mm -hmm. you know if you're 80 right now you still probably heard a lot of conversations about that two decades ago totally so and I like how she talks about the not yet grade. Yeah, so, I, love, I that. love that. And she said something that I was like, oh my gosh, like that's an epiphany. She said, 
So when you take a class and you might get a 50 or 60% grade, and when you're in school, that's, you failed. She's like, but think of it, if we were to tell these kids, you have learned half or more than half of this subject. Like they have done that much learning. And so they had the school where instead of giving a failing grade, they gave a not yet grade. And so it's like, we're gonna keep working on that. Instead Mm -hmm. of you failed, you're done. Yes. It's over. (laughs) And the thing I love about the not yet concept is that it's saying, but you will succeed. Like you you don't just move on from this. this. Yeah, exactly. You you actually keep working towards it. Mm -hmm. My, (laughs) me and my daughters take tumbling together. Mm -hmm. And our teacher actually says, if you ever say, I can't do this, because obviously he's having us do stuff that not all of us can do. Mm -hmm. And he says, but if you say yet after it, that's fine. You can say, oh, I can't do a back handspring yet. Yeah. Fine. But if somebody says, I can't do this without the word yet at the end, he makes all of us do push-ups. Oh. Which is so yeah. cool. Like, mm-hmm. he's teaching us growth mm-hmm. mindset. Anyway, yeah. which I think is way cool. I think the the beauty of the word yet is, wow, it can transform any, if you find your fixed mindset coming up, just add mm-hmm. a yet to the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it transforms it into a growth mm-hmm. mindset. And it changes the feeling inside of you when you say it. Yep. You're like, oh, for me... I've been working on handstands like crazy and I do not have them yet. Yeah. And it can be frustrating. Yeah. But when I add the yet to it, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. One day I'm Mm -hmm. going to get it down really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in fact, we talk about that with our, actually in our (laughs) eating, like teaching kids how to eat. You just don't like that yet, but Mm -hmm. you will. Try enough times, you Mm -hmm. will like it. Yeah. It totally changes it. So the last um, little leg of the growth mindset that we wanted to talk about is embracing and engaging with our failures. I loved this because I think as adults, we we just experience way less failures because we're not trying mm-hmm. a ton of new stuff. Mm-hmm. And we almost have to, at least for me, I feel like I have to seek out any challenges mm-hmm. that could, re- well, I fell all the time in other areas, yes, yes. but this classic yes. like learning, trying something new, challenge type failures, we, I mean, it's like the classic getting comfortable in the things that we like to do. And so I really saw this so clearly, like, wow, I need to seek out and push myself harder in things I'm already doing and Mm -hmm. finding new things. And so some, oh, sorry. Well, just the stakes, the tricky thing is adults, I'm sure you guys listening, the stakes are higher when we do, because I mean, we're not talking about just our daily imperfections. We're talking when you really go for something and you fail, Mm -hmm. the stakes are so much higher. So it's easier to have more anxiety and fear around those things. Whereas when you're little and you're trying to learn how to walk, who cares if you fall down a hundred times? The baby doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Most parents at this, you know, most parents are fine with their kids Mm -hmm. doing that. But as we get older, the stakes just feel like they get higher and higher. And you have less time. Yes. To try. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually think it's so crucial for us to still embrace failure. I think it has a huge effect on our kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we live a great life Mm -hmm. is by trying things and failing the Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I think that that's, I think that's actually like a crucial part of living. But I actually agree as adults, I think it takes a little more courage but it also takes a lot more intention. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually going to go out of my comfort zone knowing the failure is a high possibility here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And some of, so she has some quotes. Carol ha- shared some quotes that um, helped her and the people in the study embrace failure. So some of them were, how can we make this failure work for us? Which I love that. If I'm thinking about that in my own mind, I love it. I also love it talking to 
our kids? How can we make this failure work for us and have them brainstorm? Um, failure is the beginning of the story. Time to try again. Becoming is better than being, which is amazing. Um, why hide our differences when we can overcome them? And don't take a failure to mean anything about you, which I think is a huge one. Because I think sometimes mm. we fail and we're like, oh, that means I'm blank, mm-hmm. you know? We add shame into it. Right. So somehow our worth has changed mm-hmm. because of our failure. But failure actually has nothing to do with our worth at all. In fact, our worth is untouchable. Mm-hmm. In one of our last episodes, towards the beginning, actually, we talked about how uh, if you ever want to inspire yourself to fail more, just research pretty much any inspiring person throughout history <laughs> and yes. look at their failures. Because <laughs> most of them have a long, long list yes. of failures. And it's yes. so inspiring. Mm-hmm. To say that is how we achieve greatness mm-hmm. is by failing and failing and failing and doing that a hundred more times mm-hmm. until yep. we reach the thing. That's how we learn. So I think it's totally inspiring. So yeah, if you guys are feeling a little scared about failure, just pick your favorite historical f- <laughs> character <laughs> and read about them. And read about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and share um, some of our things that we've been trying to work on a growth mindset with. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, guys, we're going to get kind of personal now and tell you some things that we have fixed mindsets about and growth mindsets and some uh, kind of mental breakthroughs that we've also had recently regarding mindsets. So for me, as I've been really kind of like looking inside of me to see where do I have a fixed mindset and where do I have a growth mindset, a place that actually surprised me was poetry. So you guys know, I mean, I love English literature. I taught it for a while. I love to write. Writing is a big part of my passions that I, it's one, sorry, it's one of my passions. But poetry specifically, I, in high school, thought that I was a gifted writer. Everybody told me I was a gifted writer, right? My, my mom told me, my teachers told me, I thought, yes, I am at the top of my pack of mm-hmm. writing. Then I got to college and during my master's degree, I took, and well, in my bachelor's degree also, I was surrounded by really spectacular writers. And I could tell when I read their stuff that it was better than mine. And so my ego was a little bit like, maybe I'm not as good of a writer as I thought I was. And specifically in a poetry class, I remember, I mean, I was trying in this poetry class and I had these, I mean, I can still remember some of their poems. Some of these students had, I mean, they were so good. I'm not even, I'm not going to say gifted because maybe they had just written a lot of poetry in their mm-hmm. lives and developed the skill. But wow, like their poems were like mine didn't even compare to their poems. And I didn't think about it literally until I've been really doing some soul searching about mindset. But I realized in my mind, even though I still write poetry and I still enjoy writing it, I think that I have a fixed mindset about it because in college, by the time we we're adults and I thought, I thought growing up that it's either a gift you have or you don't. Right. 
that maybe that's just not my thing. And maybe I'm just not going to be good at it. And so as I'm identifying that, I'm actually committing to myself, I'm going to write more poetry because, Mm -hmm. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hour thing, all rule of it takes that long to really master something. If I want to be good at poetry, I can just write more poems. Mm -hmm. So I'm specifically identifying Ivar here (laughs) that I have a fixed... I have a fixed mindset about that. And Mm -hmm. if I want to be better at it, and even writing in general, Mm -hmm. I am choosing now to not look at it as a gift and look at it as something that I can develop more. Mm -hmm. Because in my life, there's been times where I thought having the gift improved it for my ego. And there's been times in my life where I felt like because I wasn't the best, I just wasn't good. And neither of those really served me. Mm -hmm. The key is I love writing. I should just write, Mm -hmm. you know, that's Mm -hmm. what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. So that's a place I've identified that I have a more of a fixed mindset that I thought I had. Another thing, this is my nephew who inspired me. This was like a year ago. I had this total breakthrough guys about mindset. So I have skied, snow skied since I was three. So I've been doing it for over 30 years now. And well, for about 30 years, exactly. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and I am, I don't know, I'm a fine, I can ski fairly well. I'm not like some Olympic skier. I mm-hmm. still can't do moguls, you know, <laughs> but like I, I love skiing. It's something that I really enjoy. Well, my nephew started taking ski lessons. He joined a ski team and he's now, I think, 14 or 15. And he started, he's been skiing his whole life, but started on this team a few years ago. And he is, guys, so much better than me. Like, <laughs> so good. And he's a young teenager. And I remember looking at him. This is just last year. I remember watching him ski and being like, he is so much better than me. First of all, how is it even possible? He's so much younger than me. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I found in my mind, I thought to myself, I'm an adult. Like, this is as good as I'm going to get at skiing. Mm-hmm. What I do is what I do, and it's good. And then I had this, like, dawning. It was like I'm sitting there. There's the benefit of skiing. Every other week I do it, and I'm by myself for a few hours because my kids are, are in their classes. I'm sitting there on the lift, and it, like, dawned on me, hold on a second. It only took him four years to be this good at skiing. Am I saying I'm going to ski for another 30 years and never get any better? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I want to be better at big mountain stuff or if I want to get better at jumps or if I want to get better at ooh, moguls, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but whatever I want to get better at, mm-hmm. I can just choose and get better. Maybe get some instruction mm-hmm. instead of just skiing on my own. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, I actually can get better. And I actually told them after, I was like, you have inspired me because I'm realizing just because I'm an adult doesn't mean I'm stuck and I can't get any better at things. just because I'm in an adult body and an adult mind. Mm -hmm. So that is a place where I've identified a fixed mindset and it like blew my mind to realize, what? I can have a growth mindset about this. And I think the first step as adults, parents specifically, if you're in a role of staying at home with your kids a lot of the times, I think like even the first challenge is going out and doing something, Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have this perception that we don't have time to do these. I just read this book and they call it unicorn space. Yes. Like we don't yeah. have this time to do this, this totally extra stuff, but it's so good for. It's so good for us. Soul. And I found specifically with skiing. I mean, there was eight years of my life when I was either pregnant or had a newborn that I couldn't get, a- <laughs> couldn't get away from. No, it's good. We all have, there's been times where, yeah, I thought it was on silent and it still rings. So, um, 
but I found that even after, so I didn't ski hard for about eight years. I mean, I'd ski, but it was pretty, you know, or I'd have like be skiing with a toddler, which that's not right. going to get you a much better skiing. That's me right now. And it was frustrating actually coming back though. My first full day back, I went, oh, it was a half day back. I went with my dad. This was embarrassing. <laughs> I had until noon. So I literally had three hours guys to ski. And my dad is a really good skier. Mm-hmm. But I was, I mean, I don't know, I think I was like 27 at this time. But I had, again, been having babies and hadn't, like, skied hard. I could not, at the end, when it turned noon and it was time for me to go, I could not make a single other turn. Like, I literally was like, <laughs> my legs were shaking. And I remember being like, oh, is, yeah, have I reached my peak? <laughs> but guess what? The more you ski, back. it comes mm-hmm. back. And that's just, the, it's like this beautiful thing. And I actually love having my kids say, be like, I'll be skiing with them. Be like, I don't, I'm not very good at this. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good. Mm -hmm. And I've already talked to you guys about, I'm totally experiencing that every day now that I'm doing acro yoga and aerial silks, things that I have never done before. Mm -hmm. And I am not good at. Mm -hmm. And, but guess what? It's so cool to watch what your body and your mind can do when you keep trying it. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's ever run a marathon who is not a runner has felt this. I'm not, I've never been like a, this is my passion for running, but I ran a marathon a few years ago. And to go from, like, you, you, it shows you can do anything, mm-hmm. anything. Like, literally, the sky's the limit. And the more things you do that are new, that you're not good at, and you keep trying until you become good at them, mm-hmm. it proves to yourself you can do it. And it gives you more confidence for the next time. So mm-hmm. if you have something that has been, like, tickling you to do, but you're like, I'm so far away. Mm-hmm. Who cares? We have a whole lifetime. Yep. Five years are going to go by one way or another. And... Whether you're trying it or not. Mm -hmm. You can try new stuff and learn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, when I, sometimes when I hear like classic life coaching talk about the concept of like, just go and do it. I kind of get a little, like kind of rubs me wrong. A titch when you're in the, um, the stage of having little kids, because it is true that it's a different stage. It is so a different stage. Take that with a grain of salt. I like to dabble and and keep my you know, I'm in this stage, my kids are really close together, they're all little. So I'm trying to try new little things and dabble in it. But I I'm not shaming myself I'm not going big on a lot of stuff. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's I so, will go big. Yes. One day. That's so <laughs> You know important. what I mean? You're going so, with the whole seasons yes. of life. And we Yes. If you go back and listen to our essentials mm-hmm. one we talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. because if I could go back to when my first baby was small, I would have said to let go of everything. Actually, I just said of like having these huge mountains to climb. Mm-hmm. There's a season in my life where I felt like I should be climbing mountains because other people were climbing mountains figuratively. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but I have these little babies at home that I really care about and I want to be here. This mm-hmm. is where I'm choosing to be mm-hmm. and I'm wanting to be. But I kind of beat myself up about it. And if I were to go back, I'd just say, no, this is the season of I'm still improving my mind by reading. And I'm right. still hiking my small mountains. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm still yep. taking little windows of time to do small things, dabbling, mm-hmm. as you would say. Mm-hmm. And that is so enough. Yeah. Because as I'm talking, my youngest is three. And I'm feeling like the world is my, you know. Yes. I'm feeling a lot of things that I haven't felt for a long time. So, and that time will come back. Yeah. So you will get a lot of time back. I'm so yeah. glad you mentioned that because yeah. you're right. You have to go with what season you're in. Yeah. And be present with where you are mm-hmm. and don't think you need to pick up skiing <laughs> right Randomly. this second. You know? Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to mention that just as a disclaimer a when point. we're talking about all these um, big things. But so something that I realized I had a fixed mindset in, actually, I was just thinking about it. 
this morning when we were talking is, so I play volleyball I have since I was in like fifth grade and I love it. And I feel like I'm decently, I, I feel like for where I am in my life, I'm like, oh, I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. like, meh, it's, it's good where it is. Um, but that was Earl speaking because I could challenge myself and become a lot better. And I could push myself. I could go a little bit earlier to my games and learn some new some new skills. Or I could sign up for, you know, like a sand volleyball league, which is something that I don't play. You know, I could push myself in a place where I I thought I had fully embraced it and was. But I think I do have a little bit of a fixed mindset there. Would you say volleyball is unicorn space for you? Yeah. Like you love it. It's a passion. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So... And then also the other thing I was thinking about is um, this podcast, but also combined with researching, writing, anything that has to do with um, our website. And that even bleeds into the work that I actually do. Um, I have multiple times been working on one of the things that I do for work and thought my brain literally hurts, Mm -hmm. like trying to solve um, different problems and I, at first I'm like, oh, I, like, I just want to shut it and scroll through Instagram. Yes. You know that feeling? Yes. Like I do know that feeling. too much. <laughs> but when I push through that brain hurting feeling and maybe I don't solve it or maybe I do solve it, it's just that accomplishment that once we're out of really the educational system, I feel like you don't get that as much unless mm-hmm. you force yourself to get it. And, um, I've been really liking that feeling of trying to solve problems Mm. in that realm as you're talking i'm thinking of i can think of i'm sure tons of adults listening to this fill that with technology totally like i'm just not getting it Mm -hmm. i didn't grow up with it Mm -hmm. i'm just my brain's hurting Mm -hmm. but what you're saying is it's okay to feel the hurt and you can still learn Mm -hmm. yeah my husband's grandpa who is in his 80s is like spectacular with technology simply mm. because he's chosen it and he wants to stay connected with his family and right. kids and and the people he worked with in business his whole life mm. and so it's possible so and if you're feeling that yeah. yes you can have a growth mindset at any age mm-hmm. which is really cool in uh carol dwick actually did a some research with major league baseball players and when they were looking at growth mindset and versus fixed mindset and how they succeeded as baseball players and surprise surprise people with growth mindset ended up being better baseball players in the mm-hmm. long run. And this totally applies to sports. If you also look up your favorite sports mm-hmm. hero and guaranteed there's going to be some serious growth mindset stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't good in high school and they kept practicing and they came early every day, whatever their work ethic, you're going to hear all those kinds of words. But one of the questions that she'd asked them at the beginning to show whether they have a fixed or growth mindset was now that you're going to the major leagues, what do you anticipate having to change? And some um, didn't really say much at all. And But the ones with really solid growth mindsets said things like, I might have to change everything. This is a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. I'm at a whole nother level. I mm-hmm. may have to change my throw. I may have to change the way I swing. Like they were open to the fact that even though you could legitimately say these are, these are people who the have best. mastered, mm-hmm. they are literally professionals in their field, can still be open to, I might have to rework everything. And this totally applies to business. I mean, those of you who have been like, I've been doing this for a long time. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Consider the possibility that thinking that you know it all 
might actually be holding you back mm-hmm. from being like, I might, it might be best to change, to be open to there might be a better way. And I think that concept is hard when you've worked mm-hmm. so hard at becoming good at something. But I think research has proven now that if you're able to hold on to the idea that you don't know everything, you can, if totally we can have that mindset in our lives, like even with our relationships with other people. Yes. How much more open yes. we can be. Yes, that there might be a better way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, one tip I wanted to give that somebody gave me, a f- maybe, let's see, this was three years ago, and it was awesome, awesome, awesome. And it's totally changed my life already, and I hope will continue to change my life for the, forever. And that is, uh, I, I ran into her, she was probably 55, and she said, I started choosing when I was a young adult, I think she was around 30, to every five years, choose something to master and take five years to master it. And when I say master, I shouldn't even use that word because even when you get to the mastery level of something, you still can have a growth mindset about it. Just like we were talking, you can still be a student of that thing and be open to learning more. But, and she gave me these examples of things that she'd chosen. Some of them were like information things, like she actually got a degree. And she's like, think about it. That's like people do PhDs in that amount of time right? or less. And... So she had things like, like one time she did tennis with her husband and they like won the gold Olympics in the silver league or whatever. (laughs) One of her five years, she chose oil painting and got to the point where she was selling oil paintings in art galleries and all these different things. She's like, and then your life goes by. She's like, I can look at my life. You know, I don't, again, I don't know how old she was, maybe 60, 55. I don't know. But she's like, I can look back at my life in those five year segments and say, wow, I have really, I got into it. I dug deep into it and I felt like I got to the point where wow I really experienced it Mm -hmm. and I came up to my husband and I was like I have to do this Mm -hmm. because otherwise yeah your whole life goes by and you do just dabble forever Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so these five years I'm now three and a half years into the five years but has been positive positive psychology in general it's probably the best way you can describe but I want to know everything I can possibly do without actually getting a degree in it although I'm still open to maybe getting Mm -hmm. a degree in it but the idea of, I want to know everything about how our brain works and how can I apply it. And as a parent, pretty much everything we talk about on this podcast mm-hmm. has been the result of, so far it's been three years immersion into it. But I look for, and again, it's still a lifelong journey, but I have loved the idea of having one thing of, I'm going to focus in on this with a growth mindset of what is there to learn and what I found, and this is not new to any of you, but wow, isn't it like anything? The more you know, the more you realize there is so much here. So much, yeah. There's so much more to know. Mm-hmm. So it actually, I think learning in general helps you have a growth mindset because anybody who really delves into learning, you can't feel like a master. And the know? more your curios- curiosity grows, so you just realize it's endless. Yeah, it just, you turn into a always student, which yes. is kind of what I want to be of life. I want to mm-hmm. be a student of mm-hmm. life always, even if I am almost mastered something. Yes, know? totally. All right, guys. Well, we have loved chatting with you about growth mindset and what we're hoping and why we kind of changed our tune on this episode is that you can find, um, identify your fixed mindset, name it if that works for you, and um, find some things that you want to challenge yourself in, maybe some failures that you have, embrace them and engage with them again and see if you can um, work through them and hopefully 
it inspires you guys a little bit to try something new. And let us know what you try. Yes. And we want to know your names for your fixed mindset. And also if there's a way you have changed to a growth mindset and how it's affected your life. Because yes. this episode is all about you. Yep. Just look at yourself. Nobody else. Just mm-hmm. you. Yep. All right. Let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>